You are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. The title of my sermon this morning is Bearing Fruit That Lasts, and you know, even as a even as a pastor, have you found in your life that that sometimes like your spiritual walk is just like, man, it's just there. And other times it's not. And it's kind of like, you know, Lord, I my heart is to be just so hungry for you, God, and so passionate for Jesus Christ, but yet sometimes it just feels like you're so far away from me, and I'm not exactly sure, God, what, what is going on. The men just got back from a Promise Keepers event here a couple weekends ago, and it was really fantastic time together. And one of the speakers shared a story that I, would, I thought I would steal this morning and, and share his story, and because I think that it really will launch us into what God has for us this morning. So I'm going to use Ernie here for a second, because he sat in the same seat again. And... <laughs> yep. So... You know, as, as mom and dads, as parents, it's our role as parents to be able to instruct and pour into our sons and daughters. Amen? Amen. So this dad was talking to his son, and his son just started to go to that place of high school. And, and, and he says to his son, he says, son, you and I have to have a man-to-man talk. He says, you know what, now that you're in high school, there's going to be some things that change in your life. You know what? All of a sudden, girls are going to become pretty, and, and, and you're going to want to kind of do all that kind of stuff. He says, but I want you to remember something, son. You are a man of integrity, and integrity is something that God has placed deep into your heart. And he says, and I want to tell you as a dad to watch out for leech girls. And he says, what's a leech girl? He says, well, a leech girl is like this. It's when, you, when all of a sudden a girl comes beside you and is like, hi, baby. <laughs> And, and starts doing all this kind of stuff. He's like, Dad, that's gross. He says, exactly. Okay? And he just used that as a, just a little teaching thing for his boy, okay? So his son comes home from school sometime in the year and says to his dad, he says, Dad, guess what? I met one of those leech girls today. His dad says, oh, tell me about it. He says, I was in class doing my work when all of a sudden I had a note come on my table, and it says, I just want you to know you're blankety-blank hot. And he goes, thank you. Hands it back to this girl. And she writes down there, she goes, no, 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 you don't understand. You're blankety-blank hot. And I want to do whatever I can do to be able to get with you. And he says, well... I don't really do that because I'm a Christian and integrity is important to me. And he handed her back the note. She read the note. She responded and hands it back to him. She goes, well, I want you to know I'm a good Christian girl. How many times have you seen that? It's all about fruit. See, 
We say with our mouths, you know what? I'm a good Christian guy. I'm a good Christian girl. You know what? I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart. We see people in interviews, Hollywood stars, sports stars, all kind of stuff, and they start off with, you know what? I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart, or I want to give, take a moment and give thanks to God, yet we see the lyrics in their songs. We see the fruit in, in the movies that they're making. It's kind of like, you know what? It just doesn't make sense. I remember when I was a teenager, I was living down in Toronto, and the big, uh, uh, the big uh, radio station at that time was, uh, oh, man, I don't even remember the, the, the numbers of it anymore, but I called in, and I was number seven, and I won tickets to go see Madonna, and I was so excited. That was our first time to Toronto. It was like a virgin tour, and I just couldn't wait to be a part of this. So I told my mom and dad when they came home, I said, guess what? I was on the radio today and I won tickets to Madonna. You know what my mom says? You're not going to Madonna. I said, oh, come on. Like, this is going to be epic. And, and all my friends are going and, and I want to go. And she's like, no, you're not going. And, oh, I was so jaded. But then I remember watching a show later on and cooling down a little bit, <coughs> realizing I don't get to go. And I saw Madonna, and she actually, on that tour, got banned from Toronto for some of the things that she did up on stage. And when she did that, and I was watching one of the movies that she puts out, and, and, and in this movie, I saw before she went out there on the stage that her and her dancers get together and they pray. They hold hands and they just pray that God would be there, that God would give them a great show, and that he would be glorified. And I'm just like, wow, the fruit don't show. What kind of fruit do you have in your life? Is the fruit showing? Or is it a different type of fruit? If you've got your Bibles with me this morning, you can open up to Galatians chapter 5. It says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligations to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, Jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, enviness, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces that kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. See, the Bible is very clear in the fruit in our lives. I remember when I was a kid, I went down to um, a church. I, I got saved in grade 10. And I went down to this church that was downtown Toronto, and our senior pastor was a chaplain for the Toronto Argos. And because of that, all the Argos on Sunday would come to our church. Man, every Sunday would be like, when they weren't traveling, it would be Ed Berry was there, and Mike Pinball Clemens was there. I had these guys over to my house for supper. It was so cool. 
you know, Matt Dunnigan, and, and some, of these, some of these classic names of, of football were all part of that church. And because of that, when you watch the game, it comes up with a whole new meaning. It's just not watching football, but you see your friends out on the field uh, doing the things that they're doing. And I became a massive Toronto Argonaut fan. And I remember that when I first started dating Cindy, and Cindy came down to Toronto, and, and I wanted her to meet my mom and dad. We flew into to, to Pearson, and the very first stop we made was to the, a place called the Argo End Zone. And we decked her out with some uh, Argo paraphernalia, a hat, I think, and a, and a T-shirt. And she was so excited to be able to go to the Sky Dome and, and be able to see the Sky Dome for her first time and to be able to take a game in. And man, I tell you, my wife Cindy was a crazy woman. She's just like cheering, Argo. She's like, yeah, babe, come on, let's go. And she's just in the game, and she's just cheering on, and she's just going crazy. And then I remember it was getting a real tense time in the game, and I'm watching the game, and she's just going nuts. And then she hits me on the side of the arm, and I'm like, what? She goes, Lance, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. She goes, I have no idea what's happening here. Can you explain it to me? See, Cindy didn't know how football works. She didn't know what the point of football was. She didn't know that you get six points to run across the line, and then if you kick a, 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 a field goal at the end of that, then you get one more point. Or if you do a, a run-in and you run it and you get two more points for that. She didn't understand how all these points work. So you know what? She asked me, and there's wisdom in that because as Christians, we can read in uh, James 1.5 that if you need wisdom, ask God, our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And another version that I really like puts it, I think, a little bit better. It says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to you. See, that is something that we need to put in our memory banks, that wisdom is something that we as believers need to be seeking God for and asking God for on a daily basis. But I think we get in that place, it's like, kind of like, okay, God, I'm involved with a really difficult decision now, give me wisdom. And then maybe we don't ask God for it again for a very long time, or else maybe we feel jealous, kind of like, you know, God, I asked for wisdom, I didn't really steward it right I knew which way I should go, but I chose going a different way, and I believe that you were leading me there, and I didn't really listen to your spirit. So if I ask for wisdom again, maybe you're going to be hypocritical. I'm being hypocritical, and you're not going to grant me wisdom. The Lord's like, ask me. Come to me. Seek me. My heart's desire is to grant you with wisdom and fill you up. Wisdom is where it all starts. Galatians 6, 8 says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. You know, isn't that really interesting? Because I, I find that entitlement is so massive in our culture today. You know what? We have our, our sons and our daughters, and, and we do the best we can to provide them with a good life, but all of a sudden they leave and they go on their own, and they want what mom and dad have worked years to build up, and they want it now. I deserve the $100,000 job a year. I deserve to have the boat, the quad, the, the motorcycle, and the, and the snow machine, because that's what my mom and dad had, so I, I want that too. And we walk in that place of just 
of just saying, it's mine, I, I, I want it, and we get our eyes off of God, and we start to focus on things that truly are temporal and don't matter. I remember when I was a youth pastor in Calgary, we were at a very influential church, a lot of wealthy families in our church, and I, I had a youth group of about, probably about 80 kids. And one day for a youth event, I just told everybody, show up at the church at such and such time, and I didn't tell them what they were doing. We're going to catch the bus. If, you, if you're late, then you're going to miss the bus. And all the kids got in the bus. And I, you know where I took them? I took them to a junkyard. And we got out of the junkyard, and, and I had a, all the kids kind of climbed around the, ju- the junk, and I stood up on one of the cars, and I did a whole sermon on that. And I said, you know what, guys? These things that we work so hard for, we desire so much, one day they're going to end up here. We're standing on people's dreams. We're standing on people's desires and hard-earned money, and now it's all here. What is important is not this stuff, but what is important is what is everlasting, what will last forever. And I remember as soon as I finished talking, I had one of the little junior high girls come up. She says, Pastor Lance, I am so mad at you right now. I'm like, really? What's your name? She likes it. It's Sarah, S-A-R-A. Not, no H, because H's are eh, you know, and she, she says to me, like, you know, I'm so mad at you right now. And I'm like, why are you mad at me? She's like, because you took us to a junkyard and didn't tell us, and I'm wearing my good shoes, and they got dirty. I'm like, you didn't hear a thing, did you, Sarah, without an H? You missed it. You missed it. And I think that we can get so caught up in the things that the enemy paints as beautiful and miss out on what is everlasting, internal, by not seeking the face of the Lord and saying, God, how's my heart? How's the fruit in my life, God? God, am I focusing on the majors and minoring on the minors, or is it backwards in my life? Every single one of us in this room are made up of body, soul, and spirit. Take a moment just to explain that this morning. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But our bodies are what you can see. Our bodies are a shell for what's really important. And inside we have a realm of soul. Every one of us in this room has soul. Our soul is our mind. It's our will. It's our emotions. You know what? It's our soul can lead us astray because our soul is, it, it, it's like, have you ever seen Finding Nemo? And you know all those little seagulls that are like, mine, 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 mine? That's the soul. The soul is just like, shiny thing, ah! Oh! oh, mine, mine. And it, it, there's always that constant battle inside for whatever we think makes us happy. But then the spirit The Bible tells us that our spirit communicates with the Father 24-7 without sleeping. And our spirit is what produces life. You know, it's amazing. They say that, and I'm not sure the number, I didn't look look this up, but it was was something I read a few years ago, that every single person when they die, they instantly lose like a .6 of a pound or something like that. And it's not explaining, and they're saying, you know what, it's, 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 because of, it's, like, it's because the spirit to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But every one of us has a spirit, that I do know. 
And if we allow our bodies to be controlled by the soul, then we're going to be that dog that's running around chasing its tail for the rest of our life. But if we stop and say, you know what? Stuff, mind, will, emotions, they're gifts from the Lord. Jesus wept. But yet that cannot be what's leading and, 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 and what, my, what my temple is hard after. My temple has to be focused on the Lord of hosts. Daily, we need to call our spirits to attention. Today, Lord, I need my spirit to lead my temple. There's a pull on our emotion. Our thoughts can go astray, and we're constantly, constantly failing. My friends, there's no shortcut. There's no Coles notes. We need to be people who are filled with the Spirit, spending time with the Lord in prayer, reading the Word, memorizing Scripture, and spending time in meditation. There's such a, it's almost like a new look on meditation. The meditation is the new thing right now. Like, just, there's an awakening maybe of the importance of meditation, but when we meditate on what the Lord has for us, it's not a new age term. It's a Christian term. Lord, I want to meditate upon you. I want, to, I want to really take what you have shown me and process that. God, I want to take whatever scripture you, you can think of. You know what? Uh, uh, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed will not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, let me take that and really chew it over. For, for, the, for God gave. Man, Lord, you gave me a gift of everlasting life through, the, through what your son did on the cross. That's amazing. And we just meditate on that and dwell on it. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive, it's powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and our desires. The kind of seed you sow depends on the kind of fruit that you want to produce. And the kind of soil you're in helps determine the quality of your fruit. Fruit can't be bought in your life. It can't be created by yourself. It happens by abiding in the right conditions. If you sow good seed, but you don't tend to the weeds, the weeds will overtake your garden. You ever seen that? Cindy and I, when we first moved to Cold Lake, we thought we'd do our first garden. And then all of a sudden, these weeds just took over. It's kind of like, and you go out there and you harvest it. Like you're pulling out the weeds for like two hours. It's like, yeah. Nailed it. Can't wait for my tomatoes. And in the morning, there's, the weeds are everywhere. Like, man, I, I'm amazing at growing weeds. But the fruit, like we spent hundreds of dollars, and I think I got a little green pepper about this size, and that's all I got. It was like, I'll stick with Sobeys, thank you very much. I'm just not a green thumb guy. What fruit are you growing? What are you tending in your garden? A great example of this is the story of Joseph. Joseph is such a cool story. You can see it in Genesis. I believe it's Genesis 37. And in the story of Joseph, it's about a young man who's just had a lot of zeal, and he was favored by his father, but with him being favored by his father, his brothers hated him. And when they hated him, they threw him into a pit. They're like, you know what? That's enough of you. They threw him in the pit, and they were going to leave him there to die. And also one of the brothers is like, you know what? We can't really kill him. That wouldn't be very brotherly. So let's sell him as a slave. They're like, that's a great idea. So they sell him, and he becomes a slave in a guy's house named Potiphar. And he rises to be the head of over all the servants. The guy is, is, walks in divine favor. And as he does that, Potiphar's wife becomes very attractive to him, and she tries to sleep with him. And David, uh, David uh, jo Joseph is like, you know what? 
I, this would be wrong. I can't do this. I can't do this to my master. And he refrains. So she gets so upset with him that she lies and says that he was after her. And Potiphar gets so furious that he throws him into jail. This guy was a slave and now he's in a dungeon somewhere where there's no light, just darkness, bugs, rats. That's all down there. And then the Lord gives him favor in the jail and he starts to decipher dreams. And he deciphers to one guy, he says, you know what? You are going to be out of this jail tomorrow and you're going to be found in favor with the king and you're going to be back in your old job. He says, but I want you to remember me. And the guy goes out for two years. He forgets about Joseph. You think you got problems? Joseph was sold by his family into slavery. He was then lied to, and thrown into prison. And then after he had an, oppor an opportunity to get out, they forgot about him for another two years. My friends, you want to see what you're made of? How are you in the midst of trials? You know, I love that video that we saw with Susan. I heard her testimony live, but I didn't actually wasn't part of making the video. Gordy did all that, and I saw it first time in the first service. And, and in that testimony, she says something very, very important. She says something along the lines of, you know what, when I got diagnosed, I got very angry, and I ran away from church. Isn't that what the devil wants us to do? All of a sudden, we start playing the blame game or whatever, and we, we, we say, that's it. I'm going to isolate myself from from the one thing that can really help us out. Brothers and sisters of Christ, people praying for us, drawing closer to God. You want to know what you're made of? When you're in that valley, and it's kind of like, God, where are you right now, Lord? I just feel so dry. I just feel like I'm in the desert. Are you still producing fruit? Because the Bible is so filled with scriptures that we don't like as believers. Jesus, he cursed the fig tree that wasn't producing fruit because it wasn't producing fruit. We, hear, we read these scriptures about how, how God says, you know what, guys? Be hot or cold, but don't live a lukewarm life because lukewarmness disgusts me. In fact, I'll spit you out of my mouth. It's like, God, what are you saying there? He's saying, either get on board, live hard for God, or go sin and have the greatest time. But the truth of the matter is, is the fruit in the gospel, is, it, it's, it's epic, it's monumental, it's life. That's what he has for us. My friends, I've talked to so many people, I'm sure you've talked to so many people, it's just like life's not fair, and why is this happening, why is that happening? When we just take the word of God and we choose what we want, and we take the rest of it and say, you know what, this doesn't apply to me. And, and, and then something bad happens or something happens that, that really causes pain in our life. It's like there is the plan. We need to follow it. We need to know it. We need to memorize it. We can't pick and choose what we like. How's your fruit? How's your fruit? Is it a fruit of the Spirit? Or is fruit where the end of the, the, that Galatians that I read, the Lord says, I will these people who are exampling this type of fruit will not inherit the kingdom of God. I would much rather tell you the truth and have an unpopular sermon 
then leave Cold Lake or die or the rapture was to happen tomorrow and people say, you know, Pastor, you never told me. I don't want to be a guy who just paints the good, but I need to tell the truth as a whole. And there's two sides to the Bible. How's your fruit? 1 Timothy 6.12 says, we need to fight the good fight for true faith. Hold tightly to eternal life to which God has called you, which you have confessed so well before many witnesses. Life has a way of taking our eyes off of what's important, doesn't it? We can become lethargic, tired, and simply so busy with life that we forget to focus on what is eternal and everlasting. We need to keep our eyes on the prize. Do you want to gauge? The Bible says that out of the heart the mouth speaks. What have you been talking about lately? What's your passion? What comes out when it's just like you're alone or you're at work and you're around your buddies? Are you looking for fruit in your life that is like that of the Spirit? Then we must remember that we are spiritual beings. Press into the presence. Call your spirit to attention. And remember that we walk by faith and not by sight. Team, would you come? This morning, guys, I just wanted to really, really challenge you. That we'd be able to say that, you know what, Pastor, I'm on a mountain. Everything is awesome. God is good, man. I'm so on fire for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, guess what? A valley's coming because that's just the way that life goes. We're going to be up here. We're going to be down here. But wherever we are, our fruit has to still be bearing. It has to still be showing. We still have to walk in that place where it's like, Lord, I'm in the dungeon. I'm in the pit. I'm a slave right now. But God be, you be glorified. I don't know where you are, but is your fruit showing? Are you walking in that place being all who God has called you to be? Because I don't want to miss the margin of the Lord by even the smallest of percentages. God, be the center. God, fill my heart. Lord, let me be so passionate about you. Lord, let my fruit be so abundant. God, help me not to get cold. Help me not to get lukewarm. But Lord, stir up this fire that is deep within my heart. Do you want fruit in your life that lasts? That is walking in that place every day and saying, Lord, today I commit my life to you. Today, Lord, I call my spirit to attention. And I say, Lord, may you be glorified. And God, if there's anything that is in my life that is counter to the word of God, then Lord, I ask by your grace that you would prune that from my life. Because Lord, it's a dead stick on my tree. And my tree needs to be healthy and fruitful. If that's you this morning, then I want to pray for you. And I just ask you to stand to your feet right now and say, Lord, that's me, God. I got fruit in my life, Lord, that is not what I want.
I got stuff in my life, Lord, that I want to surrender this morning at the cross. And God, I want to renew my spirit before you right now, God. And say, God, may I be everything that you've created me to be. I don't want to miss it by the smallest of margins. But Lord, I want to be a man. I want to be a woman who produces amazing fruit, God. In Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. So, Father, Lord, I thank you for every single person in this room who's standing, God, and saying, Lord, if I'm honest with myself this morning, God, then, Lord, I know that I have fruit in my life that is not from you. I have things in my life, God, that I need to surrender and bow and kneel to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And Father, I just thank you for the divine boldness and courage that has fallen over three quarters of the people here, God. And Lord, may we be people, God, who are people who are called by your Spirit. God, it doesn't matter if we're on a mountain. It doesn't matter if we're in the valley. God, give us fruit that we trust you in the midst of temptation. We trust you in the midst of trials. We trust you in the midst of hardships, knowing that if God is for me, then who can be against? God, would you be glorified? God, we're a bunch of imperfect people struggling through life. But God, your word says that you no longer call us slave, but God, you call us son. And I thank you, Lord, for every single person here. I thank you for sons. I thank you for daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God, may you be glorified in our lives. In Christ's mighty name we ask it. Amen. Ernie. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.